Hey guys, here's an episode that we are excited to show you. I'm Cody. I'm Cody. You're Emily. And make sure you leave your manners at, at the, the door. door. Hello friends, we are back with another episode. I say this because we are actually remastering this episode as well. Mm. Um, like I mentioned before, the the first time we did this episode, it was horrible. We were pizza <laughs> induced, wine induced, and it was just a hot mess fucking express. Oh. And as we saw people coming to the podcast and the podcast getting more and more attention, I was like, they cannot keep watching this episode <laughs> because it's so bad. Um, yes. So it was definitely a lesson learned. Don't drink and don't eat pizza during. That was all me. You, It really was. But my alcohol consumption before, like you would have thought that I was going on national TV. I was so nervous. You would have thought Ellen DeGeneres herself called me up and said, hey, I need you to make a last minute appearance. The nerves kicked in, and I said, here, just give me the vodka, when literally it was just me and you sitting here cutting the shit like we always do. But because of that... The, the amount of times you said pussy in that episode. And the fact that my words were like... <laughs> it just like awful. all... It all mixed together. I hated it. To this day, I have not been able to get through like 15 minutes of it without cringing. And let me tell y'all, when we first uploaded that... I was like, oh, this is going to be the best <laughs> podcast but in wait, the world. That was version two, because remember, we couldn't get the first one yes, to download correctly. Right. So God knows what that one sounds like. I still have it. Yeah. So going into that, we <laughs> we didn't get rid of the episodes because they are funny. There's a lot of funny drunk humor. Kind of reminds me of that um, show on... Drunk History. Drunk History, because... The shit that I was saying made zero fucking sense, but it, it was, did make sense. But You're some so of it, it was just out of place and just weird. But hell, fuck it. That's um, when you would like um, whisper yell at me, right? So with that, we are going to remaster this. But if you do want to hear the original version, at some time we'll probably upload it again just for fun. Um, but it will be on our Patreon. So that's www.patreon.com forward slash Misery Manor Pod. You can give a donation and you can have access to uh, merch, a letter, early access to episodes, blooper reels, things of that matter that we're working on. So um, if you did enjoy this episode and you're coming back to listen to it again, props to your mama because... <laughs> Yeah. Well, we did have a couple people say they were going to binge it, remember? Yeah. So, hopefully she waits just a smidge. And that's the thing is, like, people are like, oh, my God, I love your podcast. Um, I'm going to start from the beginning. And I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. Go ahead and start it. Maybe episode three. <laughs> Don't do the first two. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So, we're just going to redo it right now. So, without further ado. That I'm, is your new thing. I'm going to start. 
start with the case of Catherine Knight. Mm. She is known as Australia's cannibal murderer. So technically, to me, if you look up like nasty, gruesome, horrific in the dictionary, this is the case that embodies that. Because the details of this are so fucking disgusting. I always tell myself, if you're ever looking to lose like a couple of pounds and you don't want to eat your meal, listen to this episode because I think it will destroy your appetite. So, like I said, this is the case of Catherine Knight and the tragic murder of John Price. So, one of the crazy things about this murder, Emily, is that the crime scene footage is locked away and it was told to be never released to the public. The only people that have ever seen it were the people that were involved in the trial at that time. That's wild. And a lot of the jury, a lot of the people needed counseling afterwards because of the the graphics of it were so jarring. Um, So they locked it away and they're like, this will never be. So it's like in the Disney vault. Right. Except not princesses and all that magic. So Detective Ball, uh, Bob Wells, who was one of the first guys on the scene, um, he said, quote, it's an image that I'm still trying to come with terms, come to terms with today. Oh, wow. And that was recent. So that's... when did the murder happen? The murder happened. Um... <laughs> it's like in the 80s. It's down there. I'll, I'll figure it out. It's okay. down in the, the, uh, the context of the thing. Sorry, I just got to look. No, you're good. So, so I'm, let me just start off with some background information on Catherine okay. Knight before we get into the case. So, um, so, so Catherine Knight, growing up, she was born October twenty fourth, nineteen fifty five. She's a Scorpio like me, and uh, she was born and in, me. She was born oh, a yeah. day before oh, my on, birthday. Yeah. Okay. My birthday and Eve. She was born um, in New South Wales, Australia. She was raised in an unconventional and very dysfunctional family. Um, to say the damn least, which is unfortunate because, like, I hate to say this, but I feel like she was almost set up for failure just because yeah. when you hear, like, her. But, I mean, I do know a lot of people at the same time who have overcome that adversity, but she did not have the best upbringing at all. It's not a good excuse. Right. So her mother, Barbara Rowan, had been married to Jack Rowan, who was a pig farmer, and they lived together in a small town in Aberdeen, New South Wales, which was known for its mining and its slaughterhouses. So Barbara and Jack had four... Wait. S- I thought you said something about arbitoires. It's the... That's the technical word for slaughterhouses. Okay. Because it sounds like this beautiful thing, but I rem- that's all I can remember from this yeah, episode. Yeah, arbitu- So I'm just going to refer to them as slaughterhouses. Okay. So, Barbara and Jack had four sons before Barbara began to have an adulterous relationship with <gasps> Ken Knight. Ken was actually a friend and a co-worker of her dang husband. Oh! So, she was a cheating motherfucker, that's for sure. So, <laughs> so the Rowan and the Knight families were well known in this town, though. And so, this affair caused a major scandal throughout the town. Everybody was talking about it. So local black backlash was forced um, Barbara and Ken to move to Moore County. Okay. So none of her four sons went with her. The two eldest boys continued to reside to reside with their father, while the two younger sons were sent to be raised by their aunt in Sydney, Australia. So okay. the four sons that they had were like, "No, I don't want anything to do with y'all. So long, farewell. We're going here. We're going there, and wow. you're going." So, so their whole family was split up just yeah. because of well, that. Well, they yeah. 
So Barbara decided to be a little hoochie mama. She divided the entire family, but it didn't really seem to phase her because Barbara had four additional children <laughs> with oh. Ken. So she's birthing out litters. She is, has a pussy popping. She's birthing the litters out, okay? So she had four additional uh, kids with Ken, including two twin girls born in 1955. Catherine Knight was one of those twins <gasps> alongside Joy being the other twin. So it was Catherine and Joy. So in 1959, when uh, Knight was four, Catherine was four, Jack Rowan died. And his two older boys who had been living with him moved in with Barbara. So then they moved back. Okay. Um, so Knight's father, though, he was an alcoholic and he was openly violent. And, Ken. Huh? Ken. Mm-hmm. Okay. He was openly violent and he used intimidation. He was an alcoholic, raging alcoholic. And he would rape his wife, Barbara, <gasps> up to 10 times a day. Oh! And he oftentimes would do it in front of the children. And for, they, they would force them to watch it. Oh, no. Um, so Barbara, within the community, would be seen walking around with bruises and black <gasps> eyes. And at first, it was, like, very jarring for the children. But afterwards, they didn't even pay it any mind because they were so used to seeing those scars, yeah. those wounds on her, that it just wasn't anything out of I the I mean, they don't know because they're real young at this point, right? Yeah, they're, yeah, they're like, toddler. Mm, young adult, toddlerish, because it ranged. So. That sucks. But also, the fact that he had to rape his wife. Ten? If you have to, But if you have to rape your wife, like well, first of all, back then it probably wasn't considered rape. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So given that time frame, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I mean, definitely but I'm sorry, not but like here a in wife the states. Should be that's your wife. You should want to be making love, not having fucking. Well, I'm sorry, but not ten times a day. No, honey, that. Okay, <laughs> I'm not trying to be vulgar over here. So Grover. Vulgar. Oh, that's I mean, your middle name. Um. So. In turn, though, Barbara often would tell the details of her sex life to her children. If they weren't able to watch it, she would be like, oh, yeah, here's what happened. And, like, let them know what happened. And she'd be like, I hate sex and I hate men. Would she tell it just to the daughters? No, to all of them. So that's why Catherine had her hate towards men. Because she was seeing that her... She was taught it. ...dad was raping uh, her mom. And then her mom hated sex and hated men. So, Plus, their other dad, I mean, sh- well, I guess they, he was kind of a piece of shit. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So, oh, well, yeah, that's what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> so later when, so later in life, like when Catherine would, com- would complain to her mother about mm-hmm. like guys that she would meet and that they, they would want to have sex with her, Barbara would tell her, just put up with it and just stop complaining. Just do it. Just give them what they want. Ew. Yeah. So she was taught, okay, well, sex if they want to have it, they deserve it, and I just have to do it. But why would she think they deserve it if she's saying, like, you would think a species you hate so much wouldn't be deserving of anything. I know. So, Catherine, though, she was frequently sexually assaulted by several members of the family, oh, though not by her father. What about the um, brothers? And it all continued um, until she was aged 11. So, okay. although there were a lot of doubts about the details, psychiatrists accept the claims, Um and all of these have been confirmed by large uh, members of the family. Like they were bigger? No. Like a large group of the family. Oh. 
So Barbara's great-grandmother was an indigenous Australian from Moore area who had married an Irishman. <gasps> Barbara was very proud of this fact, and she had even identified as Aboriginal. So, But this was kept a family secret because there was considerable racism at that time in that area. But Barbara's descent was like a source of tension for their children because they are hearing at their school and their friends like, you know, don't like the Aboriginals, don't like this, don't like that. But Barbara was very proud to be that. So it was kind of like built a lot of tension within the family. So going back to Knight, apart from her twin sister, the only person who Knight, who Catherine was really close to at this time was her uncle Oscar, who was a champion horseman. He was a really tiny dude. And, but sadly, he committed suicide in 1969, and this left Catherine devastated. So she claimed to everybody in the town that she actually communicated with a ghost of him and felt a lot of peace because she would communicate with him daily. Now, obviously, that's not confirmed, but a lot of times people said that they would see Catherine Knight, like, in the playgrounds and, like, outside just talking to her uncle. <laughs> okay. So that same year, though, the family decided to move back to Aberdeen, where they originated mm -hmm. from. Um, all this just goes to show that Catherine, at a young age, is experiencing a lot of trauma, a lot of abuse, a lot of things that somebody at that age should not go through. But does and, she even know that it's abuse, some of it? Right. I don't know. So, but with all this trauma, she starts lashing out in anger. Okay. So, she was attending Musselbrook High School, and Knight became a loner. And she is remembered by classmates as, like, a bully. She stood over small children. She of didn't course. have any friends. She would prefer to be alone at school. She would make fun of people. She was very vocal in classes. Um, she assaulted at least one boy at school with a weapon, and she injured a teacher who was just trying to act in self-defense as Catherine was going on a rampage. Um, okay. However, a lot of teachers were confused because almost like a light switch, sometimes she was seen being very nice to children, and she was helping them out. She was helping them with their schoolwork. Some days she would make horrible grades and like go on a rampage. And then other days she was being like the best student making the best grades. Okay, so like, well, what mental the? illness? They're like, well, <laughs> what is going on here? Oh. <laughs> so Catherine was like, you know what? Fuck this shit. I ain't doing it. At 15, she left okay. high school and she could barely even at this time read or speak. What? She couldn't speak? I mean, I'm sorry. Read or write. <laughs> oh, I was like, shit. <laughs> read or write. Oh, Lord. And so, which is kind of weird to say because she was making good grades. And she was she was very good at geography. Oh, uh, well, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, you would be like, well, if you can barely read or write, I almost said speak again. If you can barely read or write, how are you good at school? But, no, she was good at, like, geography and, like, some math. Okay, so she wasn't good with letters. Right. So she left, and she gained employment as a cutter in a clothing factory. So she was, like, cut, like cutting. Like a seamstress? Oh, I guess you Like, cutting the, like, pattern out. Okay. So 12 months later, she was like, eh, fuck that. I don't want to work here. Oh, my God. Um, so she started a job at the local slaughterhouse. Ooh. And she referred to this as her dream job. <laughs> I do remember this. Which sounds like a fucking nightmare, like... Blood, Night. death, animals. Yeah. No. So after working there, they said she was an ideal employee. She was phenomenal. And she was promoted to a boning expert, Ooh. which I looked up. And that's like the removal of the animal's yes. bones and even like their internal organs. Mm -hmm. 
And so with this promotion, they gave her her own set of butcher's knives. So she was Did like... Did they give her a boning knife since she's a boner? I mean, there's a lot of it. So Catherine was like thrilled about this role. She even hung the knives over her bed. And she, when people were like, why do you have those knives next to your bed? She said, well, I just need them handy in case I ever need them. I'm sorry, is Freddy Krueger coming to see her? Spoiler alert, she did need those knives. And let's get into why she needed them or why she thought she needed them. So, while working in the butcher shop, Catherine met a guy named David Collette. He was a raging alcoholic, much like her father. And he was very known in the community as someone who would start fights and have raging alcoholic fist fights within the bars. Catherine was like, oh, I'm used to this violence. And she did not care that her crush had that. In <laughs> fact, she said that I'll join, that she was like, I'll just join you in them. So, That's kind of cute. So David, who was engaged in like a heavy drinking moment, um, asked her to like join in. I was like, yeah, anytime I fight, just feel free to join in. So she would. Um, David started his drinking by, he had two traumatic moments in his life. So the first incident was when his best friend was killed in front of him in a shunting accident. So David worked at, on the railroad and a shunting accident is basically like when a, rain, a train derails and like runs into something. So he passed and he witnessed that. And then later he rescued injured occupants of a school bus oh, that had been struck by a train. So he saw these children be hurt and he saw six children pass away. Oh God. So okay. that made him, that's where his alcoholism stemmed. Okay. So he eventually lost a job due to deteriorating behavior and performance. So he soon got work at the slaughterhouse as well. And that's how he became very close to Catherine's brother, which oh. led to him meeting Catherine. Okay. As their relationship took off, it didn't take him long before he realized that Catherine was capable of doing a lot of damage with her fist. Catherine was apparently very strong. She was quick. She could give a guy, like, a run for their money when it came to a fight. Like, she was strong. Um, so before long, like I said, he was dominating her. She would, like, take part into their fights, not only between each other, but, like, at the bars. In 1974... She convinced him to marry her. Okay. Which again, why did why would you have to convince somebody? Like you're begging I, and pleading him to marry you. Um, I don't really see her as see that as her begging and pleading. I see it as more of like a um, conniving, like manipulation. Yeah, could be. So they get married and. He was heavily intoxicated the entire time. Catherine's mother even warned him of her daughter's temper, saying that Knight had a loose screw, that Catherine had a loose screw in her brain somewhere. At the and, wedding, she and, said that? Yeah, and to be careful. Oh. So, David, like I said, marries Catherine, showed up to the wedding drunk, and it was not happily ever after. In fact, the issue started the night of the wedding. Catherine's oh mom pulled David aside again and said, hey, you better watch this one or she'll fucking kill you. Stir her up the wrong way or do the wrong thing and you're fucked. Don't ever think about cheating on her or she'll fucking kill you. And that's a quote. My mom has never said the F word. Actually, yes, she has. If she was quoting me or my sister. <laughs> but apparently David was not too concerned because he proceeded with the marriage. But he's also drunk. On their wedding night, Knight and David 
consummated their wedding three times. So I'm like, okay, three times, damn. Y'all clearly did not have an open bar because whiskey. And he was drunk. Yeah. Well, I'm like, damn, so whiskey dick wasn't an issue for you, sir? And it's the 70s. Let's talk about coke dick. Right. So, but three was not good enough for Catherine. She wanted another round and she was livid because when she went to go for a fourth time, he was asleep. So (laughs) she was like, you know what? Fuck this. And she started to strangle him and beat him upside the head with the frying pan. <laughs> Where so, did the frying pan come from? The kitchen. They're back home. Oh, their honeymoon the was at home. Well, they are they just went home after the wedding. Oh. On their wedding night. Yeah. Oh. I don't know if they had honeymoons back then. My parents got married in the 70s and they had a honeymoon. Well, they didn't because they had work the next day. <laughs> oh, they were slaughtering. So... David woke up from being strangled and he like punched night. Catherine was like, get off of me. Like, what the fuck is going on? And she was like, we need to have sex another time. So <laughs> he was like, well, damn. So she was pissed and she burned all of his clothes and his shoes. And she hit him upside the head again with a frying pan. Simply um, because he wouldn't have sex with her. Wait, cocaine is an 80s drug. Sorry. I mean, they had it then, I'm sure. Oh. Damn, she is something else. On another occasion, this is when Catherine finally got pregnant with him. He oh. came home late from work and she was like, uh, assumed that he was cheating on her. So he walked in and she beat him upside the head again with another frying pan and he like, oh. he passed out. Golden Corral. Right. And all he would, so he went to work, came home for a little bit, went back out. He was doing a darts competition. Right, okay, and yeah. he came home a little bit late, had a cocktail or two or whatever. Came home, she assumed like the worst, and again beat him up again. So wait, did he win? So David was like, "What the fuck, dude? Like, I'm not doing this." So he went to his neighbor's house, and they were like, "We've got to get you some help." He had a fractured skull <gasps> from her beating him. Oh my god! I mean, if you hit someone in the temple, you can die. Yeah, for sure. So police told um, him he was like, "We need to charge Catherine for this," and she like coaxed him. I was like, "No, like I'm so sorry, I didn't mean this." And he was like, "Yeah, I don't want to charge. I don't want to press charges on her." Well, I mean, so she's, she's a fucking con artist. <laughs> Is she? Is she just a bitch? She's everything, all of it. Okay. So, um, even though all that shit was happening, they went on to have two more kids together. Oh, goodness. However, David was also unfaithful as well. So, once he left his wife and their two daughters in the middle of the night, and after discovering one of David's affairs, Knight placed their two-month-old infant on the train tracks. Uh Oh my God. Before the train was due. But like another train related incident that would. And they live by the train tracks as well. So she left the baby on the train tracks. So she she was like, this is my way of getting back at him. So thankfully the train did not come and somebody heard like the baby crying and picked the baby up. That's a thing. Like in uh, like family, whatever relationship Mm -hmm. issues, like where. And I don't know if it's women or men that do it more, not that you have to put a gender on it, but studies have shown Mm -hmm. that like, if they're trying to be controlling in a relationship, they're like, well, no one, if if I can't have you, no one can, but instead they just hurt what's close to them. Oh yeah. What means the most? Yeah. What hurts the most? Remember that song? No. Oh. But you sounded like 
gorgeous. You were supposed to be an American Idol. So Catherine did that, and a lot of people in the town said that she had stolen axe one time, and she was going around the town, and she was like swinging it at random people. Okay. And then she was also seen swinging her child in a stroller down a busy street reckless, rec, recklessly. Okay. <laughs> so a few days later, Knight then slashed the face of a woman with one <gasps> of her knives and was like, I demand you to drive me to Queensland because I need to find David. So the woman like was like, oh my God. So Catherine got in the car and she was like, pull over at the service station and when she dropped Catherine off, the lady sped away. But Catherine um, wanted to hurt the lady, and she was threatening her with a knife. Saying, she like, already slashed her face. And then she had her drop her off at the service station to slash somebody else's face in there. Um, when they arrived, Catherine had taken a young boy hostage and was threatening him with a knife as well. My God, so she's, she that's was, a busy day. So Catherine was disarmed when police attacked her um, with brooms, and then she was admitted <laughs> to the psychiatric hospital. The witches are here. <laughs> They're like, right, why did they have brooms? I fucking don't know. I guess that's Australia. I don't know. Do we have Australia <laughs> listeners? Yes. We'll so tell maybe us. They can give us some uh, insight. So... She spent a few months in the psychiatric hospital and she told nurses and many staff members that she intended to kill the mechanic at the service station. Keep in mind, that's the one that she slashed. um, Because uh, she fixed David's car. Oh, so she's punishing him. Yeah, you're the reason why he was able to leave me because you fixed the tires on his car. When she was just, the the mechanic was just doing the job. So despite this threat, David took Knight back, took her back. And she was released from the hospital. He said, oh, I'll take good care of her. Don't worry. Like a psychiatric hospital? Yeah. No, like he took her out of it and said, oh, no, she can come back to me. Okay. So after, you know, years and years of this, uh, David finally did leave her and she was distraught. She was destroyed. She was so, like, so upset. She went through this huge depression state. Um, But that was very short-lived because in 1986, just a few months after, um, Catherine jumped into another romance with a guy named David Saunders, who was a local miner. Another David? Within a few months, Saunders moved in with her and her two daughters. However, he kept his apartment just in case things didn't work out. And also, he said he wanted a place where he could, like, go back home and just, like, you know, have his alone time. Because they weren't married or anything. So, Catherine hated this, and she became super jealous and super suspicious about why he wanted to have this apartment by himself. Like, why do you need this apartment? Why can't you live here? Why do you need to go home? And so he was like, dude, you're fucking psychotic, and he ended the relationship. So it was short-lived. Oh, okay, he got away? Oh, he was like, bah, I'm done. Okay, good. Is she, like, real sexy? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, she's getting all these men. Right. No, she's not. So that just gives everybody hope. So (laughs) (laughs) That was directed at me. So Catherine, right before they ended, she wanted to show uh, Saunders just how powerful she was. So trigger warning, she had found this puppy that she was like, oh, Oh, no. She was like, should we keep this puppy? And he was like, oh, yeah, the puppy's so cute. Um, And she slit its throat right in front of him. And she said, that's what I'm capable of, so don't fuck with me. Afterwards, he was so pissed at her. And again, what did she knock him upside the head with? 
a frying pan. What so is this most like? people hold like lipstick and stuff in their purse. This lady had a full on George Foreman. <laughs> 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 like she had all the tools. Oh. So um, the two did have a daughter. So that's yes. eight, nine, 10, 11 kids. I can't do the math. I have no Well, she clue. had four original. Then she had four. Oh, I'm and adding up. The, you're adding the, the ones that came in through the husbands. No, you know, like I'm some, adding her brothers and sisters. But some of the people that she married had kids of their own, too. I'll figure that out for you. There's but, just too many children involved in this. So before they broke up, though, um, Catherine, she became on disability from a back injury at the slaughterhouse. And uh, she convinced David right before they broke up. He, she was like, can we please just try to get a house together. You can put the down payment on the house and I'll pay the deposit with my workers' compensation checks. So now they have this beautiful house. Uh, Is it beautiful? It, it was said to be pretty. It had like a uh, rounded porch <gasps> and stuff on it. What is it? What Shotgun house too. So it was like, um, have you ever heard of that? Never. A shotgun house is where you can enter the front door and shoot a shotgun and it goes out the back like without hitting any walls so i have never so very right new, if you when we go to new orleans you'll see every single house there's shotgun style when are we going to new orleans soon bye um <laughs> so when they bought this house Catherine decided to decorate their new home do you know what she decorated it with animal skins skulls Hello Kitty. Horns, rusty animal traps, leather jackets, old boots, machetes, rakes, and pitchforks all over the wall. Rakes? All over the wall. Why do they have to be rusty? Well, I said rusty animal traps. That I know. Why do they have to be rusty? Like just nasty deteriorated stuff. Do you think she used command hooks? So I'm like, ew, wow, how warm and fucking cozy this house is. So like I said, they, this relationship did not last long. Basically, he had to get a restraining order on her, but he left. And he was the only one that, like, got away without her, like... David number two? Completely destroying him. So, Catherine Knight was sad about this one as well, but she must have some good puss because she then met a man named John Chillingworth. And they stayed together for three years. They had a child (laughs) named Eric... Who, this is Knight's first son. All the others were daughters. Okay. While no violent incidents happened here, um, Chillingworth did learn that Catherine was having an affair with another man named John Price. So, he left. Okay. It's like she has a pattern. It's like David, David, John, John. And then also, they cheat on her and then she cheats on them. They cheat on her and then she cheats on them. So How do these people meet? So she got rid of him and she was like, bye Felicia, I'm not doing this anymore. So And they, he seems like he was the best one out of Yeah, all so them. they parted ways. So John Price, the guy that he she was cheating yeah. on, is ultimately the guy that paid the biggest price. This is where the murder happened. Is that why his last name is Price? Oh my god, yeah. So some background information on John. John Price was born April 4th, 1955, and in the beginning um, of Catherine Knight and John Price's relationship, it was without any complications. Like, people in the community were like, oh my god, they seem so happy. Like, this seems kind of normal. It was smooth sailing. Um, he had two older children who lived with him. Wait, I have a question. Mm-hmm. 
in the community, no one was like, hey, we've heard about this lady. She's a little no, psycho. I'm going to get to that. He okay. knew he knew about okay. her, but they were shocked that they seemed content and happy with okay. each other. Okay, sorry. So he um, has two kids of his own. Yeah. And so he even his two older children loved Catherine. They felt that she was a very nice lady. Um, they liked her. And he made enough money as a minor to keep her comfortable. She was happy. Um a lot of people in the community said, oh, he's a terrific guy. He was liked by everyone who knew him. Um, he had his own marriage that ended in 1988. Um, and going back to that, Price was well aware of uh, Knight's violent reputation, but he still pursued a relationship with her um, and thought that they just had good conversation. And, you know, maybe he thought, thought he could change her. Um, however, that sounds way too good to be true. They moved in together in 1955. They moved in together in 1955? 1995, I'm sorry. 1995. And, well, she went back to her old ways. So just when we thought things were going great, um, it starts to decline. So Catherine framed Price for stealing things from his company and got him fired. So she made it up. She was like, "Um, he came home with this, that, the other... Um, called his employer and was like, oh, yeah. he came up with this. And really, she went on site and grabbed <gasps> it and brought it home. And they She fought, went to his job? And grabbed stuff and said, oh, I have this here, I have this here, I have this here. And they were like, oh, yeah, we are missing that. Fired him. How did she do that? When she Did she just take the babies with she, her? She just wanted him to be home, okay? She wanted to, like, make sure that he wasn't doing anything crazy. Um, so... He didn't leave. He was like, dude, why would you do that? Like, oh my gosh. Like, so he's out of a job. So then in February of 2000, an argument between the two broke out and she attempted to stab him in the chest. Like after they were like battling on the floor for some time. So he took out a restraining order against her too. Um, But like at this point, a restraining order, this would be like the third one at this point. And she really didn't give a shit. She was like, "Mm, that's not going to do anything. Wait, with him specifically with, or just no, in, in general? No, in of the guys that she was with um, in the past. Yeah, yeah, I got it. So, um, so trigger warning, this is where shit really hits the fucking fan, okay? So, yeah. February 29th, 2000, Price came, comes home from work. That's a leap day. And, yep. Price comes home from work, followed by his usual routine of checking in with the neighbors um, he would always be like, hey, how are you? You know, they would like do gardening and stuff. And That's he would cute. usually go to he- uh, bed by 11. So people in the neighborhood actually really liked Price and said he mm-hmm. was a great guy, great neighbor, very kind. So Catherine came home shortly after, made herself dinner, watched TV, showered, and then she went upstairs. Okay. Before Price settled down for the night, he went across the street to the pub to have him a couple of beers, hang out with friends before leaving um, to go back home, he told the friends, hey, if you see my van out front of the house in the morning, before I leave for work, you need to call the police. She's killed me. Uh. So the friends were like, all right, dude, like we will like kind of like laughed it off. When he got home, the, Do you two, th- oh, sorry. the two had sex. They went <gasps> to bed. Simple as that, right? Do you think that that was something he said a lot? I don't know. For them not to be I like, he mm-hmm. was. Right, it could be. Or they were just like, dude, y'all fight all the fucking time. Like, come on, you know? Okay. So the next day, Price did not show up for work. And just like he predicted, his coworkers and his boss went outside. His car was there. 
Um, so the co-workers remembered exactly what Price told them and they contacted authorities immediately. One of the investigators on the scene showed up and could immediately see blood on the door. Was that the one from the beginning? Yep. So he peeked in through a small little slot, like where you put the mail. Mm-hmm. And he was like, oh my God, this is... You could smell it. Smell it, see it, nightmare. So um, he said it was very dark inside, but he could see what looked like to be like a curtain hanging mm-hmm. from in the middle of the room, which they thought was very odd. He was like, why is there a curtain hanging in, in the middle of the, the room? Oh, God. So the investigator and his partner went around to the back of the house and broke in towards the back way. Because right. The door, they had, like, two doors. So he could see through, but when you got in, like, the screen Storm was door locked. Storm something? Uh-huh. Something like that. Yeah, it was locked. So they went through the back, broke in, and they continued to look around the house. It was eerily, like, quiet. Um, he took his right hand and moved the curtain to the side because the lights were still off. He couldn't find the lights. And immediately, he felt, like, something, like, cold and wet uh- on him. And that's when he looked and realized on his hand was blood. So at first he thought it was blood from his hand. He was like, oh my gosh, how did I like cut my hand walking in? Maybe like breaking on the door. Um, But from from, like going around the house, he realized that the curtain that he thought was the skin of a human. Skinned. A skin curtain. Skinned curtain. A curtain from the top of the room without the head. So the head was missing. And it was hanging from two hooks in the ceiling. Like meat hooks, like you would yep. find in a slaughterhouse. Slaughterhouse, yep. So he looked a little further, and he realized there was a torso on the ground without skin <gasps> and without head. Wait, 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 wait. It was just bones. So I remember, but now I'm picturing that. How would you even know that's what that is? Because he could see the rib cage. Oh, my God. Yeah, jarring. So it was reported that there was blood in every room of the house, the bed, the walls, the ceiling, the furniture, everywhere. But he was like, well, this is weird. There was a pot on the stove that was boiling Uh, and plates uh. set out with dinner table, with food, like bread and stuff being cooked. Um, Like they were about to enjoy some dinner before the the fight broke out. So they were very confused. So at this point, they didn't know if the person who committed the crime was still in the house. Then they hear a snoring coming from the bedroom next to the headless, lifeless torso. There was Catherine Knight, sound asleep, laying on the bed. They tried Mm -hmm. to wake her up, but she was not responding, so they carried her to the back lawn to lay her down while the investigation continued. It appeared that she had taken some sleeping pills in an effort to kill herself, but she was in a comatose state, so they immediately called for an ambulance. While the investigation continued, Knight is then checked into a hospital where she is suffering from the effects of drug, from the drug she has taken. While they wait for Knight to come to, forensic investigators are called to the scene and so they can figure out what has happened in this house. When the forensic investigators entered the house, he was shocked to smell something dot 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 quite amazing uh-uh. <laughs> and he he said it was kind of like as if your mother had cooked you like a yummy stew so after further investigation they found the head of john price inside the stove or inside the stew cooking on top of the stove top within the oven with his head there was plates being all dispersed around the um dinner table 
there was lettuce, there was cabbage, there was zucchini, there was all sorts of stuff into the um that none the of stew. that goes together. <laughs> I think she just threw everything in. She was like, you'll do, you'll do, you'll do. So they were like, oh my gosh, Catherine fully had planned to serve John Price's body parts to the children because the children were coming over that night. There's a um, TV show that I think this is based off of that keep going. Right. So Catherine Knight, looks like Catherine Knight took a butcher knife from the bed next to her where she had always kept them and stabbed Price 37 times <gasps> all over. According to evidence, he actually woke up during the attack but could not fight her off. In the autopsy, there was evidence that he put up a very, very, very good fight because there were stab wounds to his hand, which showed that he was, like, in self-defense. But there was blood on many of the light switches, on the doorknobs. Um, so you could see that he was really trying to escape. Um, there was blood even on the screen door, which shows that he almost made it out. But unfortunately, it was not enough. Do you think she, like, turned out all the lights and locked him in there? Well, it was night, too, I think. Yeah, it was night time, so he was probably trying to turn on lights so we could see. Well, I know. I just wonder if she did it on purpose. Yeah. But there was blood all over the screen door, so he almost mm -hmm. made it out. But That's my least favorite part. Right. So, after she was done stabbing him, and she, uh, he was confirmed dead... Knight dragged his body downstairs where she proceeded to skin him with her tools that she got from the slaughterhouse and she hung his body from meat hooks in the living room. Then she decapitated him, cut him up, and put pieces of him in a dish with potato, pumpkin, zucchini, lettuce, beets, cabbage, squash, and gravy. Then she made a dish for herself. Of that? Yep. <laughs> She wanted to eat some too, but it was only like half eaten. So obviously she didn't finish her meal. Um, so it said like once she woke up, she claimed to have no memory of this. <laughs> and she... Well, she have his memory now because she ate part of his brain. Right. <laughs> so she was like, no, I suffered a severe domestic uh, d uh, violence and I was just uh, like uh, doing self-defense. So she was like... She was doing self-defense? Acting on self-defense. Oh, I thought that was her that said that. No, that was me. Oh. So, <laughs> Sorry. In October of 2001, her trial commenced, but it did not get very far for reasons that remain unclear. Knight changed her plea to guilty and the judge adjourned the case without testimony. She was escorted to prison that day, and the judge ordered that her papers be marked never to be released. For oh. the first time in history, a woman in Australia was given a life sentence without parole. Damn. To this day, Knight maintains her innocence and refuses to accept responsibility for her actions. Okay. One of the investigators that were called on the scene said it was very sad and so jarring in the house because... You could see the stature of a man, the blood on the walls. And as he made his way closer to the door, the blood on the walls was getting smaller and smaller, almost like he was hunching over. And you could see almost a progressed death with the oh blood on God. the wall. Uh, so Catherine Knight has appealed her sentence before and was denied immediately with no mm -hmm. thought. She's still, to this day, serving her life sentence in Silverwater Women's Correctional Center. This is a crazy part. So, to this day, it's been reported there's never been a case quite like this. In this case, she's not a household name in Australia. It was left out of newspapers. It was what? left out of media. Because Australia did not want something so gruesome 
they did not think that the the public deserved to hear something so horrible. So a lot of people in Australia don't even know about this case. Obviously, if they're like a true crime fanatic, but she's not somebody like here. We have the Jeffrey Dahmers, right? Uh, Catherine Knight is not somebody who Australia claims. Like, people don't know about it. She's not Damn. like a household name. And to this day, she remains innocent. And she acts on self-defense. She said it was self-defense. Okay, so self-defense. So I get it. If he were to beat you... Um, but there were no reports of him doing that, right? No, not one. Remember, he was a good, a great guy in the community. Like, somebody who people like. Um, so, self-defense, right? I get it. So, say self-defense was so bad and you killed him. So, he's dead. So, why did you feel the need to skin him, tie his head, like... Cut his head off, eat it. Oh, oh, here's another crazy what part. What did she do with his penis? No, no, no. Here's a crazy part that I forgot to say. The meat that they found in, besides the head, the meat that they found inside the stove or in the cooker was part of his butt, his butt. And that's what the part she was eating. So she was eating ass. She was Um, eating his ass, which a lot of people enjoy. But like, I mean, I guess it made her really tired. She kind of like when you eat turkey, you know, it makes you really tired. Oh, and she fell asleep. So maybe so. But what I don't... Do you really think that she was trying to die by suicide after? Yeah. Well, yeah. She's... I mean... So then that's another thing. I if someone's abusing you and you... Why that not? doesn't make sense. Why kill him and then you want to kill And where are too? their little babies? Well, they want nothing to do with... At this point, the children are older and they're like doing... Even like the little ones? So... They went on to live with their aunt in Sydney as well. So the uh, aunt in Sydney's taking care of all these children... Damn, her sister, I guess, or I don't mm-hmm. know. Horrible. Well, that's it for Catherine Knight, the cannibal hey, murderer. This was only 45 minutes. Last time it was like an hour, hour and, and 40. 20 minutes. Oh. So, before you decide to kill somebody, rate, re- rate, review, and subscribe, please. <laughs> yes, please do that. And yeah, please. Um, continue to listen to our other episodes as well. I promise you it gets better and better and better and better and better. Australia, write in, because you guys have gnarly murders. Yeah, we would love to hear any, because I think we tend to the cover a lot. The one I told you I want to do is in Australia. We tend to cover a lot that happened here, but yeah, if you have any from other countries, write us in, honey. South well, thank Korea you so much. apparently loves us. Yes. So, thanks, guys. Mm-hmm. Have a blessed and wonderful day. Ew.